This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Let's do it. That's what you said. Let's do it. <laughs> Name that rapper, Tim. Two chains. Tone Loke. Tone Loke. You wouldn't even know about that bah, young young boy. Bah, bah. Never heard of it. Driving down the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so He's an Ace Ventura. What's rap? Oh boy. You got a lot to learn, Tim. <sighs> a lot to learn, not a lot of time. All right. Ready? Yep. Hello, everybody. Welcome to an exci- another exciting episode of Dropping the Gloves. We got Tim. Say hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. Tim's here. Dad joke, Tim, obviously. And John is here. Hey, John. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I hope everyone's having a good week. I know I am. Everyone loves a Thursday. This is when we do our taping, is usually a Thursday afternoon. So it's been a good week. There's been some interesting things that have happened. And I just want to start it off. It was 9 11 yesterday. And that. Before 19 or whenever the attack, what year was the attack? 2001. 9-11. My dad's birthday is September 11th. So it's very strange to celebrate your dad's birthday, but it's also the worst terrorist attack that's ever happened on United States ground. You know what I mean? So it was a, it was a very unfortunate thing for my dad. But yeah, it, it's kind of changed his birthday a lot. But anyway, so it, yesterday was 9-11 and I watch uh, History Channel quite a bit and they were doing all these tributes and it was great. The, the behind the scenes uh, of the the Air Force One, what was happening there, all, all sorts of just information that keeps coming out, it seems. So I got to thinking and the and then ESPN did a nice uh, special about how sports kind of brought New York back, how the Mets were the first game back after 9-11, and then the Yankees, and then the the Giants subsequently played. So it was it was a really great, you know, hour, two-hour special, and it got me thinking, and it reminded me of I had that similar situation. Obviously, it doesn't compare to 9-11 in terms of size and sheer devastation and amount of people who died but the boston marathon attack happened i gosh i can't remember the year it must have been 2000 tim 13 13 and i was playing at the time with the buffalo sabers and i was we were lined up to play the bruins a week after that attack or four or five days after the attack and the whole town shut down and they canceled some bruins games so my game was the first sporting game in Boston after the Boston Marathon attack. And it, it kind of, when I was watching this 9-11 tribute, it brought me back to when we flew into Boston and all of these different, it looked like a war zone. It was bizarre. Not in the sense of like rubble and stuff like that, but just a sheer presence of military people there. There was like armored vehicles. There were army people everywhere. And it was just, it was really, really scary. How long ago after? I'm sorry. It must've been, it it was less than a week. I I would guess four days after the attack. So we, we flew in and our bus, we, you know, we stay fairly close to the rink and fairly close to where the attacks were. And there were armored vehicles, army people everywhere. They still had the streets shut down, and it was it was really That's eerie. Crazy, how yeah. Long, how long do you think they had those around? Do you know? I don't know. I was uh, in New Hampshire at the time at school, but yeah. I mean, the, the manhunt went on for another three or four days after the right. attack. Yeah. So I remember that we were in the hotel room, and they still hadn't caught the person because we we went in a, f- a day or two before the game. And yeah, they were still like looking for this kid or their two kids, his brothers, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, it was really weird to be in your hotel and you couldn't go out to eat really. Cause all the restaurants were, you didn't really want to go outside. It was just a very strange time to be in New York or Boston, excuse me. So yeah, it was. And then, so that part was weird, but the game still had to be played. Do you remember before, like, were they talking about possibly canceling the game yeah. Oh, it was a very real, real possibility yeah. because those two were still on the loose and it was just such a, you know, it, it's such a terrible, you know, situation and people did lose their lives in that bombing and it was, you know, no one knows how to handle those situations and they kind of had a little bit of a blueprint 
because of 9-11. Yeah. And I think they maybe based their decisions off of that. And yeah, they decided to go ahead with it. And I think enough time had passed. There was four, three, four, five days since the actual attack. And the powers, you know, who make those decisions, they said, let's play the game. And as players, it's it's very strange because as, as a visiting team, usually you go into the, you know, the uh, opposing city's rink and you're all geared up and you, you want to win. But it was weird going to the rink to have this somber tone over the whole game. It was very, very, very <clears throat> emotional. It was very strange. Before the game, they did the big, a big, like, um, tribute, you know, moment of silence. It was just really, really surreal. And that's, you know, they did the Boston strong and they had the names of the people who passed away on the scoreboard. And it was just really, really powerful. And they have that great guy who sings the anthem and he belted it out and the whole crowd joined in. It was, it was one of those moments that just gives you like goosebumps and man, it was, it was just so powerful. It was, I don't know. You had to be there. It was so, and it, it's weird. You don't want to say cool because it was such a tragic moment, but it was like just <clears throat> getting choked up. <laughs> it was just a powerful moment. Yeah. But the game still had to be played. Yeah. Right. And we, we won, which was kind of bittersweet because during the game, you, you want to help Boston. You want them to yeah. heal, but at the same time, like your competitors and we did win the game. But it's funny, after the game, no one really cared who won or lost. I think people were just happy to maybe get back to some kind of normalcy. And sports is a great distraction from reality sometimes where you can check out from what is happening outside with the armor, um, army presence and all these guns and big vehicles and whatever. And just focus on hockey. You know, that's that's something we everybody in Boston, we love hockey. Let's go focus on hockey for a little bit. Yeah, it, it was just it was a weird thing. And, and you know, it just brought back memories from the whole 9-11 thing. And it was nice at the end of the game. Before the game, Thomas Vanek talked to Chara. And they made an agreement like after the game, usually the home team will do a salute to the crowd. And they came up with an idea where let's both teams kind of join at center ice and we'll salute the crowd. And that'll be kind of a just an acknowledgement that we, you know, we care. We're obviously we're just hockey players, but we, we feel for everybody and we're here, you know, here for you as much as we can be, you know, hockey's not the end all be all. It's just a game and there is real life and kind of a thank you to the fans for coming out. So I don't know. It was just one of those um, things that popped into my head. I was like, huh, you know, hockey it's, it's a game, but it also kind of, works in other ways where it kind of heal a town a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit, take your mind off what's going on a little bit and hopefully push the needle towards a positive a little bit when there's a lot of negative stuff happening around you. I don't know. You were in the area, Tim. Was that a big, I remember watching that game on TV and in that moment where they, uh, Renee Rancor sang the song, but then he also let the crowd, he just put the mic up. Yeah. Yeah. And that was just, I mean, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. Uh, that was pretty cool. And it was like, like I said, it was a good distraction. Um, and the Bruins actually went on a cup run that year, lost in six games to Chicago. Yeah. Uh, but it was good, like bringing like energy and normalcy back to, to Boston. But later that year, the Red Sox won the world series. And that's really what like got the city behind the whole thing where they had Boston strong and everything. Um, that was cool. But it began, I think that night against Buffalo. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really cool. I'm glad I was a part of it. There's a few moments in hockey that are like, oh man, that stick out. And there's that one, obviously all-star game. I got to play in an outdoor game, but you know, just a regular, you know, September evening in Boston, just because of that attack really sticks out. Cause it was just, it was so surreal. It was just so, so surreal. Yeah. And no one fought. No one was out there. Like, because usually when we played Boston that the other year, there was tons of fights because we were big rivals because of the Ryan Miller thing with Lucic. So it was, we were heated rivals and you kind of put that aside because everyone, you not to fight. Were they like, no, but it was, it was understood, you know, like I wasn't going to go out there and I don't know. Yeah. I just knew not to fight. It was so weird. You'd be a really bad guy to want to fight people. Going just like challenging everybody to fight after that. So anyways, I don't know. I thought I'd share that. I just thought it was, that's appropriate. Cool. I think that's really cool. Based on what happened. But anyways. Good story. Yeah. Let's let's move on to 
Now you like set the stage a very somber podcast, John. Yeah, I just. Do you talk to your kids about nine eleven? No, they're not quite at the age where they understand, and I. I don't think I will until they get older. You try to yeah. shield. I shield them as much as I can from negative stuff. Yeah. It's because they're inundated with it left and right, wherever they go. This is trash. Here we go. We're on a tangent again, just like <laughs> trash everywhere. And so why even bring that into their lives? Yeah. Like, let's just keep these kids innocent as long as we can. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So whatever I could go on and on. It, whatever. Whatever. Tim, stop. So hockey news, big signing. Finally, my guy, Jake Gardner, <laughs> It's the most forgettable player in the league. Says who? Everyone. And no, nobody, actually, because no one's thinking about it. One of the most underrated defensemen, I think, of our generation. Oh, come Him on. and uh, Vlasic. We'll get on Vlasic in a little bit. Come on. One of the most underrated defense. He's had a few bad games in the playoffs. A couple bad game sevens. Everyone thinks he's garbage now. He's a good player. He's a good puck-moving defenseman. Every team needs one. Then all of a sudden, the guy has a couple bad playoff games, not runs, singular, one game. Poor guy gets just thrown under the bus for all the... all the. It's not one game. It's it's a, it's a recurring theme now. I mean, yeah, he's an easy whipping boy, but it also, there's there's some truth behind it. I don't know, I don't know what he is in your head. A good, solid, top four defenseman. Second power play guy. Moves the puck very well. What do you... I, I, like, I know he's not an Eric Carlson... I'm not saying that, but to sign that player for four million dollars, John. I feel you. That I think, is I think a bargain. Have to answer to that. We should have him on the podcast. It's a bargain, and especially it makes the Leafs look so bad, so bad. Yeah, but no one wanted them back. Who's no one? The Leafs fan base. <laughs> what? No, I I believe they did want him back. I think well, most of the Leafs fans are Fairweather fans, and they just get on about the Bruins Game 7 debacle. He is a good defenseman. Yeah, but it happened the year before, too. Game 7's debacles, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> if he's healthy, if his back's right, he is a top defenseman in this league. He's better than Barry. No, he's not. He's better than Barry. <laughs> By what metric? By hockey player metrics, talent-wise overall. No, he's not. Better than Barry. Barry's better in every category. I keep trying to bet Tim that Gardner will have more points this year, even strength. Tim won't, Tim won't bet. First of all, it's the first time you've said that. I will show the text messages. <laughs> We've never talked about even strength. I will show the text message that we have. I have proof, and you do not even bite. Gardner will be better than Barry this year. And he is a million and a half dollars cheaper. And by signing Barry, the Leafs now will potentially miss out on Marner because he wants big bucks and big bucks. He's got big bucks and he cannot lie. <laughs> Barry. And he doesn't deserve it. Good for him for getting that contract. Oh, geez. But man, oh, man, they dropped the ball on Gardner. He didn't play hardly at all on the power play last year. Yeah. Bad coaching. Terrible. Five power play points. That's just bad coaching. Who'd they have on the on the point? Did they put Marner on the point? I feel like the Leafs did pretty well. They oh, yeah. Riley no, anchoring the first one. No, probably. you're right. They did really good. They won the Stanley Cup, right? No. Oh, oh they lost because of, of this guy. Oh, they lost because Gardner is the maybe worst Maybe if you would have been on the power play, you could have did a little bit more. Maybe if they played shorthanded, they would have taken their chances. Yeah, they're doing real good in Toronto. Everybody's happy. They're two of their top three players have held out two years in a row. Figure it out, Toronto. Yeah. Why are you defending Toronto all of a sudden? I'm not defending Toronto. Yeah, I'm just attacking Gardner. Why? What did you? Did he like defending him so hard? And I don't understand why. Did he do something to your family that I don't know about? <laughs> he's just he's a he's a I don't even know maybe slightly above average NHL player. According to who? Tim. Tim. <laughs> what do you think? Okay, if you had to say top what defenseman, what would you say top? 50 defenseman. I think he's a top three defenseman on any team in the league. So how many teams are in the league? Let's do some math. 31, 31. So times three, what's 31 times three 93. So he is a top 93 defenseman in the league. <laughs> okay. I'll give you that. He's a top hundred defenseman. He would be in the top three of any team in the league. Some teams, he would be their number one guy. Not a good team. You're right. Not a good team. I, that's why I didn't say he was a top one, two guy. I said a top three, you put him on Ottawa. He's their best guy. 
Speaking of, Hainsey, another guy uh, who left uh, Toronto, he's going to be wearing the A for them this year, came out today. A for who? Hainsey. He's still with, he's in Ottawa now? Yeah, Ottawa. So now they're going to have, I think, three A's and no captain. I think that is, well, I, gosh, I wish I knew Ottawa better. I don't know who's on their team. I could care less, honestly. Good for Ottawa. They should sign Danny Heatley. He could be the captain. <laughs> I think he'd be a perfect fit. He'd be their best player, probably. He scored 50 goals in 07. He did. Have you seen those videos of um, Danny Heatley or something? Probably. The memes are so funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's just, it's really, really funny. He's good on Twitter. But good signing by Carolina. The market wasn't there for Gardner for some reason. Most GMs must think like you. I don't get it. But now, is Carolina just going to play 12 defensemen a game? I don't know. Can we go back to Gardner for a second? We're how still talking times, about Gardner. We haven't even left him. How many times, how many games did you play against him? Like on the ice? A thousand. How many? Probably know? 15, 20. Okay. And every time he's on the ice, like he impresses you. You're like oh, Noticeable. A noticeable player. More than Tyson Berry. Tyson who? <laughs> Tyson Chicken Nuggets. The guy who had like 65 points as a defenseman oh, last year. I think 50 of them were on the power play, like second assist oh, points. Stop. He's so bad. Like he's a good defense. Tyson is a top four defenseman. Yeah. League in on a team. (laughs) I wouldn't want him out there as a one, two guy. Not a chance. No way. I guess he's parallel with Gardner. Those two guys are parallel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, Tim is so chapped right now. He's just speechless. I just don't. Under, I feel like I feel like you're being a troll. Like you're trying. He's to, biting his tongue. I'm just telling it like it is. I played. I played against both these guys for a long time. I was in the West for a while. I was in the East for a while. I was in Gardner's division for a while. I skated with Gardner in the summer. Sometimes I know how he is as a player. Okay. He is a smooth puck moving defenseman. He's not the greatest in his zone. Obviously, he makes some mistakes. So, no one's saying he's a shutdown D man. But Tyson Berry's not a shutdown D-man either. So, hey, I guess we'll find out after this year. Right? Yeah, we'll have to figure out a bet. I'll make a bet with you. And it's funny because Berry has such an advantage because he has legit NHL superstars as forwards now. And Gardner Gardner last year. No, for this present year coming up. The Leafs didn't utilize Gardner the right way. They leaned too heavily on Riley. I think yeah, this year also put up like 70 points. Riley. Yeah. You put Gardner in Riley's spot. Gardner puts up 95 points. Oh my God. Stop. <laughs> I knew you're, you're trying to be a troll. <laughs> Not 95. You half the things, you're but saying. he put, no, no, no. He puts up more points than he had. I think okay. he's good enough to be a first power play unit guy. I, th- I, I believe it. I, I, I believe that I do. If his back is where it should be healthy. Hey, so, agree to disagree. Tim on. is frantically on the computer right now Searching. trying to find stats. Actually, I think uh, I think film. this one's going to help you. Yeah. Even strength points last year. I think Gardner had more. Yeah. And he probably played less even strength time. No, never mind. He didn't. Uh, Actually, they're the same. 25 points. 25 even strength points. Boom. Gardner's a better player. We'll find out this year. And Gardner, the only forward he can pass to is Achu, Sebastian. Uh, <laughs> oh, they got sick. They got a sick forward, young core. They, Ter- Teravainen. Never heard of him. Yeah, it's because you don't follow the league. Anymore. It's Toivu Tuavainen. <laughs> Who else do they have? Who's their sick forward group other Aho, than Aho is sick. Achu? You're pronouncing it wrong. Justin Williams is gone now. He is not a sick young forward. He's a 40 year old man, and he's not sick unless he's it's game 40? seven. He's 40 and he's still, he's still playing. Unless that's that's the norm nowadays. Chara, Jumbo, Marlo. Achoo! Speaking of Jumbo, just re-signing of a deal. Yeah. The last time we Hometown talked. Hometown discount. That'll be the last deal he signs. You think so? Yeah. Did you see that video of him joking with the reporters right after he signed? Nope. Who's their, who's their uh, GM right now? Doug Wilson. Yeah, been Wilson. their GM for years. He was like, yeah, Wilson was like, yeah, they wanted to sign me for like a five-year deal. And I talked him down. And he wanted me to sign me for like $8 million a year. And I talked him down. We negotiated... Settled on one year, two million, and he's a tough negotiator. But I got the deal I wanted. It was just, it was pretty funny. No, Jumbo, it's a good deal for both sides. He wasn't going to play anywhere else, and he gave uh, Dougie. He's a for two million for a third line center who plays the power play. Come on, what more do you want? Plus, what does he bring to that locker room too? He brings a ton to that locker room, and we'll touch on that later. They just announced their new captain, yeah. Logan Couture. 
which surprise maybe it, they have such a weird dynamic in that locker room where you have so many leaders, right? And so if you're the GM and he's painted himself into this corner, he gave the captaincy to Marlowe, took it from Marlowe, gave it to Thornton, took it from Thornton, gave it to nobody, then eventually gave it to Pavelski. Pavelski leaves. You're still left with Thornton, who was your previous captain. The guys love him in the room. Then you've just been shuffling A's around with Vlasic, Couture, um, Burns. Who else has A's? Carlson, did he have one last? Like, everybody has had an A on that team. I didn't get one. What a joke. But you have, like, four to five to six guys in that locker room who could legit be the captain. And that's not even exaggerating it. Like, there are six guys who could wear the C, and you wouldn't be surprised. Give it to the young stud, Hurdle. He holds a lot of sway in that room. He's going to be there for a long time. Give it to Couture. He's going to be there a while. Burnsy, Carlson, Vlasic. Oh, and then the big elephant in the room, the legend, Jumbo Joe. It's just, it is a good problem to have, but also a tricky one for the GM because you want to plan for the future, but you don't want to kind of anger the old, old guys in the room. So we'll see. Well, ultimately, it was, we kind of knew it was going to come down to Couture and uh, and Burnsy, right? Yeah. Are you surprised that it was Cooch? Um, a little bit. Yeah, I am a little bit surprised. I thought they were going to go with Burnsy, to be honest with you. I think Burnsy holds a little more. I, don't, I hate to use the word respect, but he is a different. He holds a different sway in that room, I think, than Cooch does. So. I think as far as like if someone stands up in the room and says something, the person they probably listen to most is Jumbo. And I would say, gosh, they're about on the same same level, those two. Because Bernsey jokes around a lot, but when he does get serious, everyone's listening. So and Cooch just doesn't talk too much, you know. He's more of a I'll show you how to lead on the ice, where he does everything on the ice. Yeah. He's lead by example. I'm gonna get in the lane, I'm gonna block the puck block the shot. I'm, I'm going to do everything, you know, sacrifice my body. So it's a good choice. Do you think Bernsey's got a little bit of a, a bruised ego right now? I think Hurt so. Feelings. I think so. Yeah. He, um, yeah, I, I bet you he wanted to be captain. Yeah. I bet you he's a little, a little sour, not a lot, but you got to think it's kind of a long-term play for them going with a 30 year old over everybody else we mentioned. I mean, Hurdle is younger, but Jumbo's yeah. 40, Burnsy's 36 now. Like, what's Vlasic? He's up there. Yeah, they're, I, I bet you Pickles and Burnsy are like 35, 34. Okay. And yeah, it's it's a long-term play. Cooch is there for the next seven years. So it's it's a smart move in that respect. But man, what a what a luxury and also what a kind of a little curse to have in that room. That's That's what tore us apart when I was there. Doug tried to, you know, make a switch and switch captains and this and that. And it just blew up in his face. So we'll see uh, what happens going forward. Hopefully everybody just kind of stays in their lane and does what they do because a C doesn't mean much. All it means on that team is you get to talk to the referee when there's a, when there's a conversation at the box. Do you think it's weird how many A's they had? It is strange. It's a little much, right? Usually it's two is the normal, right? So what they'll do, there'll be two A's for the road and two for home. Okay. So you they won't have four A's on the ice every time. It'll be okay. road assistance and home assistance. And is that all that does is appease people. So you want to keep yeah. people happy. So you're like, oh, I'm gonna give you the assistant. So Carlson, I don't know if he was an A last year. He's happy now. You know Do you, do you know much about Carlson? No. I wonder like, is he a leader or is he just really, really good? Never really talked to him. Yeah. I know he's really good. He dresses like a pirate. I have a joke for you. <laughs> what is a pirate's favorite letter of the alphabet. You did this like two episodes. Did I? Yeah. I love that joke. What's what's his favorite letter? Arg. It's not R. It's the C. <laughs> Isn't that a good joke? I already used it on somebody else. Did the you? Last time you told it, yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm recycling jokes. Sorry. Sorry, it's everybody. It's off season. What do you expect? But anyway, so I think that's um, interesting. Couture's a captain. Gardner, great signing. Leafs. How do you say his name? Is Who? Couture. Couture. Like Couture. Uh, not Couture. 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 I think. Couture. I don't know. We should ask him. I'll t- I'll call him. <laughs> See if we can get him on the horn. But yeah. Marner, you want to talk about Marner? 
Yeah, we kind morality, of John. Yeah, do it. Yeah. So, John. So everybody. So you know, we live in Traverse City, and they do a big prospects tournament in the summer, and it just happened two weeks ago or a week ago. Last week. Last weekend. So, John, go ahead. Tell us yeah. your. I was. Uh, I was. I took my kids and we had a great time because it'd be right on the glass and they don't know any different. They think it's NHL players out there having a great time. Tim came. It was like wrangling my kids. <laughs> I was so excited on the game. <laughs> um, but we saw uh, the next day we were driving around town and we saw a big group of guys walking towards like Bob Evans or something for breakfast. And my wife asked who those guys were. I was like, why is there a big group of guys? And I'm like, they're probably at one of the hockey teams who's leaving from the, all the hotel areas. And she was like, oh, my goodness, they're babies. They're like, they look like they're in high school. These are young kiddos. And uh, I told her that they're mostly like AHL players or they just graduated or they're trying to trying to get into the NHL of some kind. And um, she had asked a really good question about about what what it's like being like 18 years old or 19 years old. And then now all of a sudden coming into you have hundred thousand dollars or you're getting paid a couple hundred K a year. And do the teams have any kind of like guardrails? Cause I couldn't imagine being a 19 year old kid and just be given hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars and just free reign, just go, go do what you want to do. Yeah. It's, it's, um, when you think about it, it's scary because these kids, most of them don't have that much education. They've just been kind of secluded and, living in their hockey world their are whole they, life. Yeah, so talk about, are these the same kids that you talked about a while ago that are like their parents are pulling them out of school to go and yeah, most of them teams and yeah. traveling all over Canada. So yeah, the majority of them, I would say, well, it, it's tough when you travel all over Canada, that's because you don't live near a good hockey base. Okay. So if you're in one of the, you know, bigger cities or close to a major hockey area, you don't have to travel, but it's the kids who live like in the middle of nowhere, who want to go find some better competition. They move to the, the bigger cities like Toronto or, you know, Calgary, that, that kind of, that kind of stuff. But yeah, some of them travel, but for the most part, they, these kids, you know, no, no post secondary education and their high school education probably was not where everyone else's was. Cause they were traveling all over the country, playing games, and it just took a back seat seat to hockey. So it's tricky. I've seen it so often where you'll get a first rounder. He comes in, he gets the big signing bonus. When I first started, the signing bonuses, the max you could get was close to 900,000. So you would show up and I started in the AHL. So they would have these kids, you know, they would send them down to the AHL and they would pull up in their Range Rovers. At that time, there was the Escalades and there was, gosh, what was the... Not the Cadillac Escalade, the Navigators. That was big when I was starting out. So everyone had the big cars and the fancy this and that. And it's there's no real system in place. Maybe there is now. There's no when I was playing, there was no system in place to help these kids at all. Like there's so, no What do you mean to help them? Just A to set themselves up yeah. for when their career's over. Here's how to be a grown up. Or here's how to not blow your money. Yeah. We don't need to go eat at the fancy steakhouse every single night. You know, they don't set the kids up that way. Or here, let's set you up with a financial advisor or have any of those conversations. So these kids come in and they're driving fancy cars and they're just and the mindset is I'll be in the AHL from where I started. I'll be in the AHL for a year and then I'll go play in the NHL and I'll be making show dough. I'll be making millions of dollars. They all feel that way. Everybody. Everybody's like everybody who got drafted in the first three rounds, I would say. Yeah. That is their mentality. So they go down to Houston and it it was just comical. It's like, okay. And I'm coming in an undrafted free agent. So I'm like super humble. I'm in my, I know where I belong. I'm like at the back of the bus, Scott. And these kids are just like, they think their, their stuff doesn't stink. And it's almost funny to see, because I was in Houston for two and a half years, to see how the shine wears off pretty quick when they realize, like, whoa, well, maybe this isn't going to happen. So after the first year, like, oh, next year for sure. Then when they come back for the second year, they're like, whoa, well, okay. Then the third year, 
It's like, whoa, like what is happening? Because they're not making that show dough. You've burned through your signing bonus already. And in the A at that time, you're really only making, those guys probably made 75, 80 grand, which is a lot of money, but it's not 3 million bucks. Right, yeah. So when they're driving around these fancy cars, and obviously in Houston they rent like a pretty nice place, and they have all these nice car or yep. clothes and stuff, and they're still, you know, playing up like they're top dog. It, it, it's just, it's too bad. I've seen, and then on top of that, a lot of the guys from Canada they have people on their payroll, where people have invested time into that player, be it parents or uncles or friends or any number of people. And so they want a piece of the pie too. So I know tons of guys who they pay for their parents' bills. They pay off their sibling student loans. Oh, man. They pay for a ton of yeah. stuff. And so that's just another slice of the pie that gets, you know, thrown out the window the player doesn't get. And they it's just crazy. And they just have nothing left at the end of the day. It's it's bizarre. What do they do? If you're I mean, you spend three or four years and realize you're not going, what do they do? You get stuck. Yeah. Especially, it's it's a we it's it's a they terrible don't have a system. Degree, some of these kids. Yeah, so they go back to Canada. They they coach. Yeah, they just kind of work on the farm. They just do whatever they can. It, it's it would be interesting to do a study of what happens to because really only like five percent of the guys in the AHL make it. Yeah, in that range, what the other ninety percent do? Because of those ninety ninety five percent. 25 probably have college degrees and they know what they're doing. The other 50%, they don't know what they're doing or whatever it is, 65%. They don't know what they're doing. So I don't know. It's crazy. I've seen so many guys burn through all their money and then they're done playing. And it's just like, what do we do now? Yeah. We have no money. I have no education. Yeah. And I'm 27 years old. So it's crazy. I was lucky enough to, I always thought the year I was playing was my last year. So I was like, okay, let's save all this money. So even when I was in the show, I'm like, I'm going to live in the nicest house in the worst area that's close to the good area. <laughs> so what we would do, we would ask all the guys on the team, like, where do you live? And they're like, oh, we live in this area here. And I'm like, okay, let's go a couple of blocks over, find a nice house here. And then that's how we would do it. And I would pay a fraction of what those guys would pay. And I would just bank everything. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. care. And so all those guys, is it like, do they get really upset as they see other people being yeah it becomes very competitive at that point yeah very very competitive and it's it's hard because you're competing with these guys but you're also their teammates so i don't know when someone gets called up it's like like why why is why is he getting called up and it goes like they give the draft picks chances and they go up first and finally i got my chance and i just Luckily stuck, but yeah. Do people not like you once you get sent up? Oh, for sure. <laughs> they talk. There's so much trash that's talked. Like when I was in Houston, it was like me, Clayton Stoner, Eric Reed, Sean Bell. Those were the four guys on defense who were vying for a spot. And Eric Reitz was the first to go. He got a one-way contract, and we were like, what? Reitzy, Regata, really? I'm like, I kind of get it. And then you compare yourself to him, and you're just like – you know what you talk smack. Oh, I'm better him at this and this and that. And then you watch the games and he's minus one. You're like, yeah, nice. And you just, you wish <laughs> you don't wish him. Well, that's yeah. for sure. Then someone gets called up and you're like, okay, stoner will get called up. I'm like, Oh, I hope he goes dash three tonight. So then, cause so then you can get your chance. Yeah. It's super backstabby. It's not nice at all, mm-hmm. but that's how it went. Sean Bell got called up. I'm like, Oh, I hope he falls on his face. <laughs> And they did. Luckily, it's when I got called up and I played well and I stuck. Yeah. So it's just, it's so weird. Is that when you forgot your passport? Yeah. Yeah. That was a tough one. Always bring your passport. Whenever your passport. Whenever you want to go to Canada (laughs) or expecting to go to Canada. I couldn't imagine what that would have been like when you're, because you were trying to get on the plane. Is that what you were doing? So short, just a, a quick backstory. I was on the road with my AHL team. I got called up for my first NHL game. I did not pack my passport. The Wild were playing in Canada. I go to the gate in Minnesota to get on the plane to go to Calgary. Wouldn't let me on the plane because I didn't have my passport. So I'm arguing with the people saying, I'm Canadian. Let me go to my ca- my country, please. My passport, I am Canadian. Here's my health card. Here's my driver's license. Everything's Canadian. They wouldn't let me on the plane. I'm like almost in tears, but also physically yelling at the gate agent 
and like security almost got, it was just a whole thing. I couldn't imagine. Cause this is like, you thought this was like your one, my shot, dream, your one shot. This is it. Yeah. yeah. You're playing tonight, John. We need you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Called the GM said, Doug Risborough, I can't make it, man. Sorry. They won't let me on the plane. He's like, okay. I was expecting them to call me up for the next game. My passport was on its way to Calgary at that point. They're like, ah, oh, no, just head back to Houston. We'll call somebody else up. I was like, oh. That was it. Blew oh, it. Man. Blew it. But yeah, I, I think got... there's some story where that guy, that was his only chance and that he blew it. You know, like you got another one, but I bet that yeah. someone's got the same story and didn't get another. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That, yeah. So that is a rule now on the Houston arrows or it was bring your passport <laughs> wherever you go. The John yeah. Scott rule, the cautionary tale of John Scott. Yeah, that's awesome. So the morality of it, kids, they don't teach them too much. And then it's sad. You see them, they get sucked in this lifestyle of they go out and they drink and they party because they have freedom for the first time. And it's just a slippery slope. So, yeah, I, I hope there is checks and balances in place and like a little system for the for the young kids because teams invest so much money. You think they would want to protect their investment? It's and, weird too. Like, like when I when I was younger, you like kind of idolize these kids and they're all older than you. But now I'm like ten years older than the kids that are getting drafted. It's so weird. And like when we were in Chicago, going you know where the players are and there's and the kid that I'm going to butcher the name Kirby Doc. Doc, no, I don't know. Oh, yeah. First round pick for the Blackhawks, and then last year's first round pick, Adam Boquist, I think. Um, and there's like, I was like, oh my god, like I know those kids. Like I saw him on Twitter, I saw him online. I was like, kind of starstruck. And then like you walk in, and like they're just eighteen year old kids starstruck at you. Yeah. I was like oh my god, that's John Scott. That's it's just, John it's Scott. so you're like, oh yeah, these are just kids. Like they're good at hockey, but they're still just yeah. kids. They're still they're chasing still that dream. Yeah. Out, you know. Well, I I get that way when I go around because I do the events now where I go and see guys who I grew up idolizing. Yeah. Like holy moly, there's Eric Lindros. Yeah. Like Doug. Gilmore, Wendell Clark, like that's still crazy to me that I can like grab my phone and text message these guys and, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to like shoot a message to bad Brad may. And I still remember Brad may may day against the Bruins. One of my darkest moments. I used to be a big Bruins fan. I I couldn't believe it when they swept the Bruins in four games and may day got the overtime winner. It was like, yeah, so it is cool, but yeah, they're just kids. They're just little babies. Babies. I know. And they look like babies too. My goodness. It's like pimples all over their face. Just like not a facial hair on any of them. Yeah. It's so crazy. But yeah, long hair. They all slick it back now. It's just the different styles. Yeah. When I was growing up, it was just, just the mullet. That's (laughs) hockey here. Hockey here. There was one style. Now everybody's got the hair, the straight irons people bring on the road, like the, (laughs) yeah, the product, the product, the, this, the, that (laughs) it's just like, it's, it's just gotten so soft. Mm -hmm. If, if, when I was or in the seventies or eighties, if someone would have caught wind of someone like straightening their hair, that guy would have been kicked out of the league <laughs> for his own safety. <laughs> he would have been ostracized, like beat it. Like nobody wants you here. Yeah. And nowadays it's like, if you don't put some kind of product in your hair, you're the weirdo mm-hmm. man. It's funny too. Like when we were at the prospect tournament, I was just look, trying to like sort of quietly like judge the players as if it was a, if it's a, as if I was a scout, right? Okay. And I'm kind of like, all right, like let's see what this kid's got or whatever. I'm watching him like critically, and I would be the worst judge of talent. Where I'd be like, oh, this guy stinks. Like he's got hands like feet. He keeps stumbling. He keeps turning the puck over. Like he's not going anywhere. And the reporter's like, he was just drafted like eighth overall, and he's like the best player in the whole tournament. And like, all right, I clearly don't have an eye for these kind of things. It's funny. And like, you, th- yeah. this further solidifies my Gardner argument. Oh come on, that you don't know what I, you're talking about. So. I'm going to come next week prepared with like a whole presentation. On no, we're not talking about it next PowerPoint, week. Please. We're talking about it like the last four weeks. We'll in talk a row. about it midway through the season to see how they're doing. <sighs> and I guarantee you Gardner will have more even strength points than Barry will. First of all, you're saying that like PowerPoint points don't matter. They do matter. Okay. We'll give, we'll give him a half a point for every power play point and you get a full point for an even strength point and we'll see. Do you want to bed? Yeah. Okay, we'll do breakfast. Loser pays for breakfast. On a Wednesday. Why a Wednesday? Why a Wednesday? So get out of work. <laughs> you don't work on Monday to... <laughs> do you not work Wednesday? Yeah. No, I'll get out of work to go to breakfast on Wednesday. Oh, okay. Why not any other day, though? I don't understand so the I get Wednesday out of work for this breakfast. But why not Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, or Friday? Uh, it's the first day that came to mind. He's such a weirdo. Like, I don't... Do you, does that yeah. make sense to you? Yeah, no. Because I get out of work on a Wednesday. Why not any other day? Because he took, you took yesterday off. 
I did not take. Yeah, so Tim to took Tuesday off. Wednesday. Wednesday. But I thought he watched a Patriots game and he got tired, so he worked from home. Oh my gosh! I worked from you home, were home on, on Monday. Monday. So I was working Monday. I didn't. I didn't work yesterday. Listeners, get get this. Tim had the diarrhea. This is how soft Tim is. So the Monday night football game ended at what time? Ten thirty, eleven. Uh, yeah, eleven. Tim was so tired. Couldn't make it into work because he, he no, had to work from I home. No, I planned it ahead of time. I was like, it's going to be a big night. It's going to be a big night. last week, yeah. Yeah, I told him ahead of time. I was like, hey, I'm going to stay at my uncle's. Lives a half hour away. I'm going to stay there, watch the game with them. I'll work from home the next day and hang out with his dog all day. It's going to be a big night watching the Patriots game. It's, it must be tough to like to watch football and just not have any chance of winning championships. You don't really you don't engage emotionally with oh, it. I didn't know I, you were on the team. I'm sorry. Yeah, I enga- as a fan, where's your I rings? Engage Did you get emotionally those rings yet? Watching the Patriots and Tom Brady. I will our bet championship you tour. the Pats do not win the playoffs this year. The championship donut do not do not win the Super Bowl. They don't win it. Okay, what do you want? What do you want to bet? Breakfast. Two breakfasts. <laughs> on a Tuesday. Back to back on a Tuesday, though. <laughs> no deal. It has to be Wednesday. All Two right. breakfasts on Wednesday? So here's the bets. I'm taking the field. You're taking the Pats. Wow. Yeah. For the Super Bowl. Okay. Done. Breakfast. They're shaking on Just it. shake. Your hands are so sweaty. He's nervous. And another breakfast for Gardner Berry. Yeah. What? We got to figure that one out. Power play points are worth the half a point. Okay. Even strength points are worth one. Shorthanded points are worth two. Okay. Boom. And, we're, and we're not doing plus minus or anything like that. No, just, I just didn't. Points. Man, I just said points. Okay. Mm. Breakfast on a Wednesday. We need to get a graph. <laughs> Make it. Yeah. Money on the board. I hope Barry. I won't say I hope he breaks yeah, his leg. Injury, That's so yeah, <laughs> injuries. Someone gets hurt, bets off. No, because Gardner has a so higher counts. probability of getting injured. He's no, he doesn't. Missed he played more 82 in- like the year before last year. He has a higher chance of getting injured. I don't know. Because he can't skate. Because his back hurts because he carries Riley all the time. Not anymore. Going to be playing with Dougie Hamilton. Is he in Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. Dougie. Last year was the first year he missed any serious time. Gardner. Whatever. If you want to do the injury, whatever. Do whatever you want, Tim. You're the boss. Cool. Speechless. Anyways, anything else, you guys? Do you want to talk about how'd your fantasy football team do this weekend? One and oh. One and oh. Well, I'm in two leagues, so I'm one and oh and oh and one. I ran into a buzzsaw in my other league where the guy put up almost 200 points. Did he have uh, Sammy Watkins? He had Sammy Watkins, Patrick Mahomes, Adam Thielen, Delvin Cook, just like murderer's row of fantasy players. But I want to know, what about you, Tim? I don't do it. John? I tried to, but you wouldn't sign up this year. Yeah. And you wouldn't do fantasy hockey with me either. I'm not playing fantasy hockey. You have to edit your lineups every day. Yeah. Way too much work. How does that, I've never played like sports that play that frequently in a week. Every well, too. in yeah, baseball and then hockey, way. there's games every night, so you have to edit your line. That's why I like football. You set it much like yeah. the Bronco food dehydrator. Set it and forget, forget it. Forget it. <laughs> Call them for a sponsorship <laughs> if they're still in business. They are. I've never heard of it. So. What beating down the door? That set was, it and forget it. It's the best infomercial ever, Tim. I do love a good infomercial. I know which ones you like. It's been nine. Nine. Oh, man. Yeah. The Damn. German ones. Tim. I also heard your mom's a big fan. We talked about that last week, too. Deirdre. You're getting old. Oh. Am I getting old? You're getting old. You gave her yeah. a shout out last week. I'm giving her a shout out this week, too. Two in a row. Deirdre is on fuego. Is it Deidre? Deirdre. Deirdre. You really emphasize the I. What D- I? Deidre. D-E-I-R-D-I-E. There's no I in there. Deirdre. D-E-I-R-D-R-E. Deirdre. Deirdre. Doc- Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre. Oh, Is it Deirdre or Deirdre? Deirdre. Mm, I don't know. Dre on the mic. I don't know, Tim. I am teaching my kids how to, you know, read. And <laughs> phonetically, it's Deirdre. Your uh, your wife had a nice post of a little homeschool situation. Yeah. It seemed like they're... Uh, they're in a good environment. Our kids are geniuses. Yeah. My kids are honestly geniuses. They're going to take over the world. First female president. Calling it. What if it? <laughs> Not for another, what, 40 years? Yeah. <laughs> heard it here first. Yep. Heard it here first. I'm not first. sure which one. Yeah. What do you got? Is it 35? You got to be 35. 35. 35. Were they born in the United States? Yes. Okay. Like Bruce Springsteen once said. <laughs> Bye. 
in the year. I'm singing a lot today. You are. It's a very musical day. I know. I like it. We should do a... <gasps> a musical version. musical version. No, I'm trying to line up uh, Cooch on an interview. I've been texting with him. That's what the silence was. I was like, call in now, Cooch. Call in now. Okay, guess what? My guy, Logan Couture, just gave me a text. He wants to call in right now. He said he has offers from ESPN, TSN, Sportsnet, and some other random overseas outlets that want to interview him. But he said, no, 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 no. Dropping the gloves with John Scott is calling me. I got to answer the phone, baby. So listen, I'm going to set up the computer. We should have Cooch on in what, Tim, four, two, three seconds? He's calling right now. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to answer the phone. Get ready for Cooch. Hey, guys. This is Tim from Dropping the Gloves. We're going to get back to the show in just one minute. But first, we have to pay the bills. You know how it is. So just really quick. If you're a marketer or a small business owner, our team here at Web Canopy Studio totally understands the struggles of passing qualified leads to your sales team. At Web Canopy Studio, we do so much more than produce this awesome podcast. We're also a full-service marketing and website development company, and we help brands attract the right kind of audience to their website and convert them into paying customers. Basically, we work with marketers and salespeople to help close more revenue. So today, if you visit our site at webcanopystudio.com, we have a series of free playbooks available for download, which go over everything you should actively be doing in your sales, website, and content strategy to get started in the right direction. We have a ton of other resources and case studies on our website about how we help brands like Tritonware, a swimming technology company, increase their qualified leads by four times and close over twice as many new deals in just six months. And hey, if you really need some help, you might get to work with me, which would be pretty cool. Go to webcanopystudio.com to learn more and start growing your business. And now, back to the show. All right, whoa. We are lucky to have Logan Couture, the new captain of the San Jose Sharks. Cooch, thanks for calling in, buddy. Appreciate it. No problem. Anything for a fellow Bills fan, Johnny. Oh, I know. And we're 1-0 this year. Isn't it? <laughs> like, it's exciting. Soon to be 2-0. We got the Giants on Sunday. That's going to be an easy win. Obviously, <laughs> and then we hit the, the bill. We hit. Well, listen, Allen is kind of finding his groove, and they got Brown on the outside. I like where they're headed. I'm glad they got rid of McCoy. I'm honestly glad about that. Yeah, I'm but, with you. Hey, yeah, he just. I think he's hit that age where he's just kind of. And the Singletary guy, I picked him up on fantasy in like the tenth round, he's and it good. might be the steal of the draft. Yes, yeah, he's good. He's man. so he's good. good. Are you guys doing fantasy on the team this year? We are. Yes. I got, Who's got uh, the I got, best? I got John Brown, the only bill I have. The best team so far, Carlson put up like 210 points in the first week. He had Sammy Watkins. Well, did he have or, Sammy Watkins? Yeah, yes. I yeah. won't draft him out of spite just because of what I he did know. in Buffalo. I, I agree. I'm with you. I stay away from him. But anyways, yep. enough of fantasy. So how does it feel? El Capitan. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an honor. Uh, it, it feels good. I mean... Um, were you, you were know, you captain I, in junior or any other? I was, leagues? yeah, yeah. My last year in junior was uh, with the sixty sevens. I was a captain, so that would have been the, the last time. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I never wanted paths to to leave, so I, I never thought this was gonna, you know, I was gonna get the opportunity. But uh, you know, I, I'm proud of of uh, getting the opportunity. That's such a politically correct answer, but what everyone doesn't know is Cooch would secretly tell me all the time that he wanted Pavs to leave <laughs> because he thought he would be a better leader. He's just being really nice to everybody right now, but he's secret. Yeah. No, I'm teasing. I miss but, that guy already. I know. He's such a great guy. But no, yeah. you guys are fine. You know, it's a business. Things happen. But right. I don't know. We, I was thinking about once Pavs got traded, I was like, well, who is going to be captain for the Sharks? And when you start to list off the guys on the Sharks who could be captain, it's like, holy moly. Like, talk about that room is just full of experience, right? It's so crazy to yeah, think that a guy so like... Many guys. So many guys. I mean, yeah. I've got two guys that have already been captains in the league with Eric and, and Jumbo. And um, then we got Bernsey and Tomas Hurdle. Uh, you know, even Mark Edward Glossick. Yeah. Pickles... Pickles is sitting on the back end, doesn't even get an A. He's been in the league for, I think, 25 years. <laughs> so, it's so great. I know. It's one of those things where you're the captain, but in the room, it's like there's so many guys. Like, I was in that room. I know how it is. It's just 
everybody kind of pulls the weight there. But yeah. will it will it be hard in that room? You're the captain now. You're the you're the voice. Are you going to be able to look Jumbo in the eye and be like, "Hey, big boy, let's go"? I you know I I, I think Jumbo and I have a a mutual respect for each other when we know. Um, one of us isn't isn't playing up to uh, the way that we should be. So and I don't think with with him and I, not a lot needs to be said. Um, you know, there's uh, as you know, I'm not the most vocal guy in, in the dressing room, um, but the other guys, there's other guys that uh, that are, and um, you know, they can fill that void for me at, at at different times. I mean, what I do is I, I try and lead by example, and I I try try and play as hard as I possibly can every single night and, and do the right things and do really anything to help our team win. So that's, that's the type of leader I am. And I think the, the assistant captains are, are, are more vocal guys at times. So they'll, they'll fill that void. That's exactly, it's funny. You took the words right out of my mouth. We were talking about you earlier today and I said the exact same thing. I'm like, coach, not a big talker, right. but man, oh man, that guy will do anything on the ice for his team. Like absolutely anything. And you proved it throughout your career. Like how long have you been playing for? Like seven, eight, nine years. This is 11, Johnny. <laughs> 11 years? I know, it's crazy, right? And you're how old, 30? 30, yep. <laughs> crazy. Holy moly. You must be close to 1,000 games. What are you at now, like 800-something? No, no, I'll be at uh, 700 soon. Um, I missed uh, the lockout, and then I've, I've had some injuries. So That's unbelievable. Have you talked to Pav since – did he – text you or call you or no you guys don't talk yeah, he, anymore he, yeah no he yeah he, he called me uh earlier he left the voicemail i missed his missed his call i'll have to give him a call back uh in a few hours or, or maybe maybe tomorrow but uh I, I talked to him throughout the whole process this summer and he uh he was very nice and kind of kept a lot of us in in the loop on what was going on and gave us a heads up yeah. when uh when that you know he decided that he wasn't coming back so uh respect him for that for sure that's awesome. I was only with you guys for a year, but I, I'll say this. I said it from the rooftops. There was, wasn't a closer team that I played on than when I played with you guys. It was such a great room and not, not a lot of guys have left. Honestly, there's still a bunch of guys there from my reign, but <laughs> did the, did the, did the captain see it was, it went a little bit smoother than when I was there when yeah. Todd and yeah. Jumbo and Pavs, that was a complete debacle. So I'm glad it went well. I don't think there's many hurt feelings. Have you talked to Bernsey at all or yeah, Carlson? Been, like, no, they've been great. I mean, they've been supportive and um, the coaching staff has been, uh, you know, supportive as well. They, they made the decision and let all of us know, uh, I think individually and then as a group. And um, I think everyone seems, or I, at least I feel, I mean, I may be naive, but I, I feel like everyone's comfortable with it and we're excited to work, work as a group. Really. I mean, I told the guys like, Hey, you guys know how I am. I'm, I'm not going to be the one yelling and screaming. And if sometimes you guys feel like that's what you want to do, then then all, and you know, go for it. If you think it's the right time, go for it and say what you, you want to say. So I think everyone's pretty comfortable. I like that. That's a good way to, good way to lead. I, I don't think, yeah, you don't have that personality where you dominate everybody. I just, uh, I like it, right. Coach. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to fake anything, Johnny. No, it's it's it sounds like it's going to work out. Gosh, I hope you guys win this year. I really do. So how's the team looking? Is everybody healthy? Do you need yeah, anything, I, like any size? I don't know. I'm just kind of think sure. outside the box. Sure, yeah. You, got, you know, we've got some some openings up front. Um, oh, you, okay. You, when, when we didn't, you know, we lost on Gus Nyquist and and then a few guys in the back end, Brownie and, uh, and Yoakum Ryan. So we, we lost five guys, and um, I don't think we really picked anyone up. So there's yeah, jobs so available, is what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. So I think camp that's, that starts tomorrow is is going to be exciting for a lot of us to see what the uh, the young kids can can bring. I mean, they've been talked about for a while through our organization, so we're excited to see it. Well, yeah, you guys have such a strong first two lines. If you can get some production the last two lines, that'd be huge. Is Haley huge, still there? Yeah. Is he, is he still around? No, he's not around. He's going to camp in, in New York, I believe. Okay. So not a lot of toughness then. We okay. got Dalton Interesting. Trout. We got Dalton Trout in the back end. Oh, you know what? You're not even taking the bait here, Cooch. At least, <laughs> yeah. ju- at least Jumbo will be like, 
come on, Johnny. See, you're a good captain. You're not even going to lead me on. You're just like, beat it, nerd. We don't are want you, you think, anymore. Are you thinking about a comeback? Is that what you uh, <laughs> made to say, Johnny? I, I just like to boost my ego a little bit. Like, you know what? They still want me. They want I mean, me I, bad. <laughs> after that goal in, in Washington, I don't see you as a tough guy. You know that. I know. I would just come and play cards in the plane, really. That's all I would want to do. <laughs> I could just be the guy on the plane waiting with a glass of Guinness for you guys to get a come off and we'll, we'll hang out for a little bit. Yeah, That's all I want to do. But okay, so I have a few hockey fans in, in the my little office here, my little okay. production system, and they were all geeked out that Logan Couture was coming on. Okay. And one guy's a Red Wings fan. He's like, can you ask Logan about the Datsuk moment a few years back when he like <laughs> broke your ankles? And yeah. I don't know what he's talking about. So what you is don't. this? No. Uh, okay. Well, uh, the Wings played us I, in, in San Jose. Okay. And it was on my, it was on my birthday. I don't, I don't know how many years ago it was. And, um, oh, nice. Yeah. I was, uh, I had the task of, of matching up against uh, Datsuk um that night and i was out there for most of his shifts and i think it was a four and four shift and he got the puck in the ozone and he circled around 12 times standard thing to do yeah yeah like i went to poke the puck and he just like lifted my stick like he always did yeah made you feel like a, a fool and then he, he stopped in the corner stick handled a couple times underneath my triangle and i went i went down just like looked like i caught a rut and went right down on my on my ass and, and thankfully they didn't mm. score i think maddie Irwin came over and defended for me for a second and uh the home crowd's like Ooh, oh no yeah that's did never you just good. think like oh man i remember my yeah. first game versus detroit i had um gosh what was his name not he was like a small little russian i was playing d i like Went to close my gap and just bit it hard, like fell right down, skated yeah. right around me, went up, sniped top shelf. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I am yes. not cut out for this NHL stuff. That's a good score. And I remember getting to the bench, and, you know, a couple of guys had their heads down because they were so embarrassed for me. They didn't want to look at me. But uh, Jay Woodcroft comes over and he goes, hey, Coach, great job on that. <laughs> They're like, great job. Did you not watch that? He's like, well, they didn't score. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. That's unbelievable. I, yeah, that's so good. It's better than a coach coming over and ripping your head off, screaming at right. you. Like, what are you doing? Right. It's like, come on. Like, it's such a funny moment. I, that's the one thing about San Jose, man. I stink and love coming back to the bench. Like, when I scored my backhand and empty netter goal was one of the best moments of my <laughs> career. When I came back to the bench and the boys were loving it, I was like, I think I sat next to you on the bench or you and Goody and you guys were going nuts. I was like, oh, this is fun, man. Yeah, like, it's, it's just good a, times. It's so fun. But anyways, I don't want to take up too much of your time. You got camp tomorrow. You did your test yeah. today. Yeah. You got the erg. What are you guys doing for testing? You still do the uh, wind gate and the erg and all that stuff? We do the uh, the wind gate and the VO2. And then, oh. uh, yeah, the VO2. We got that out. I am. Uh, I got that done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels great once you're, once you're done. But our testing isn't I, bad. We don't have any on ice stuff and, and no like long run like some teams do. And then now you're the captain. You can just pretend you're hurt and just take a take a day if you need it. You run the show now. Unfortunately, I, I I didn't decide to do that. You lead by example. That's why. Right, right. That's what you do. I just did an Ironman. Did you know that? No. Wow. Yeah. How was that? Yeah. It's uh, it was super fun. I like killed it. I'm in such good shape right now. Really? I'm and I'm not impressed. even kidding you. I know. I swam. I biked, and I ran. Cooch, isn't that unbelievable? How uh, how long was it? It was a half Ironman. So the swim okay. was a mile point one point three miles. The bike was fifty six miles, and the run was thirteen half a marathon. Thirteen point one. Wow! 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 That's awesome. I know. That's impressive. I know. It was honestly the worst thing I've ever done in my life. I. uh it took me so long. I was in so much pain. <laughs> oh yeah, my gosh, I, I can't imagine that being too much fun. I know. So, like, the idea of just doing a training camp seems terrible to me right now. Well, oh, training camp sounds a lot, a lot easier than that, though. I know. But listen, you're a young kid. <laughs> How you doing? Everything good? Family's good? Life's good? Yeah, yeah. life is great, man. Life is great. All right, man. I'm glad to hear that. I just wanted to say congrats, buddy. Thanks, I hope Johnny. All is well. I hope it. you guys win the cup, Cooch. Thanks for calling in, man. No problem. No problem, Jenny. 
All right, Cooch. Have a good one. See you, buddy. Yeah, take care. Yeah. Anyways, I really appreciate everybody listening. I really do. I tell you what, what a dream this is to talk to you guys every week. Makes my uh makes my heart flutter. Skip a beat a little bit. It's just, just guess how many total listens we're at now. Tim just steps all over me all the time. I was I wasn't even Sorry, what's your, our total listen? Let finish, me guess. Finish your moment. Finish Let, your moment. It's too late now, moment's gone. Uh total listens are two hundred and ten thousand. Up. Just tell me. I'm not playing this game. 341. Whoa, let's get all to 500 right. grand. When we get to 500 grand, I'll give everybody 10 bucks. Grand. No. All the listeners? No, no, in, the, in this room here. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to leave, though, John. I only have $10. <laughs> oh, but I appreciate everybody. Hopefully uh, it was as good for you as it was for me. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>